The following program is a recording of a live broadcast transmitted 7 a.m. Beijing time. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour. One hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Bigum with you on this Friday, June 14th, 2019. You're listening to the Beijing Hour live from the Chinese capital. On the program this morning, our news focus: China and Kyrgyzstan have agreed to enhance bilateral relations following the latest meeting between their leaders in Bishkek. In other news, the new Science and Technology Board on the Shanghai Stock Exchange is getting ready to open.、Uh, two more oil tankers have been attacked in the Gulf of Oman. In business, China's five major state-owned banks have completed most of their annual loan plans for small and micro businesses. In sports, a key victory for China at the Women's World Cup. Entertainment, Chinese animations at an international film festival. First of all, a check of the day's headline news. Chinese Premier Li Keqiang is calling for further efforts to boost mass entrepreneurship and innovation to better stabilize employment, promote innovation, and strengthen growth. Li says the country can withstand downward economic pressures and maintain long-term economic fundamentals by stimulating market vitality and social creativity. He also required governments at all levels to create a good business environment so that entrepreneurs and Innovators can compete on a level playing field. U.S. President Donald Trump's announced that Press Secretary Sarah Sanders will be leaving the White House at the end of the month. He's not named a replacement for Sanders. Sanders is the third woman to have served as White House Press Secretary and is one of、uh, Trump's closest and most loyal aides. During her tenure, there's been a decline in the number of White House press briefings. As a senior advisor for Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, Sanders was promoted to press secretary in July of 2017. Following the exit of Sean Spicer, the U.S. Senate's confirmed Air Force veteran David Stilwell to be the State Department's top diplomat for East Asia. The confirmation came about eight months after President Donald Trump announced his intention of nominating Stilwell for the post that had been kept vacant for more than two years. Stilwell has more than 35 years of experience as a pilot, commander, and Korean linguist. He retired in 2015、uh, with the rank of brigadier general. A new report shows more than half a billion Chinese people will choose to pay with their phones in brick-and-mortar shops, cafes, and restaurants this year. Figures released by Germany-based online portal Statista suggest this equals a penetration rate of more than 35 percent, and that's the highest in the world. India comes in second with a penetration rate of nearly 30 percent. However, the report also notes that the overall annual transaction value per customer in China is lower than that. Of the United States, the United Kingdom, and France. News focus of the day. China and Kyrgyzstan have agreed to enhance bilateral relations following the latest meeting between their leaders in Bishkek. Siraz Shiacheng reports. This is the third meeting in the past two years between President Xi Jinping and President Sorumbai Jeenbekov. The Chinese leader hailed the joint effort in promoting bilateral ties over the past 27 years. He pledged that China's support for the Central Asian country will continue. China will continue to assist Kyrgyzstan in developing its economy and realize, together with Kyrgyzstan, its important national investment projects. 
Xi Jinping called the construction of the Belt and Road the current focus of bilateral cooperation, and said both sides need to deepen the alignment of their development strategies, tap new potential of partnerships, and explore new areas of cooperation. He also highlighted the importance of security cooperation. China consistently fights against any forms of terrorism and is ready to reinforce cooperation with Kyrgyzstan on counterterrorism and security, effectively fight the three evil forces of terrorism, separatism, and extremism, protect peace and stability in the two states and the region. Jiembekov said Kyrgyzstan will always be a good neighbor, good friend, and good partner of China. Reaffirming adherence to the One China policy and support for China's ethnic policies, he vowed to enhance bilateral security cooperation and the connection of the development strategies of the two countries. The two leaders also signed a joint statement on further deepening the comprehensive strategic partnership between the two countries and witnessed the exchange of bilateral cooperation documents. For CRI, this is Xie Cheng. President Xi Jinping's received Kyrgyzstan's highest national honor in presenting the Manus Order of the First Degree. Kyrgyz President Surinbay Jinbekov appreciated Xi Jinping's special contributions to the development of the bilateral partnership. He also thanked China for its long-running support and assistance, calling the medal a demonstration of the friendship between the two sides. Xi Jinping said that he stands ready to work with Jinbekov in pushing forward the bilateral relationship. The Chinese presidents met with leaders from Kazakhstan, India, and Afghanistan ahead of the summit of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization in Bishkek. Meeting Kazakh President Kasim Jomart Tokayev, Xi Jinping called for deepening alignment of the Silk Road Economic Belt and the Kazakh Bright Road Economic Policy, while creating more areas for cooperation. During talks with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, the Chinese leader said that Beijing is ready to join New Delhi in pushing forward a closer development partnership. Stressing that the two sides offer to each other chances for development and、uh, not to pose a threat to each other. At the meeting with his Afghan counterpart, Xi Jinping reiterated China's support for an Afghan-led and Afghan-owned peace and recon-、uh, reconciliation process. He also called on the Afghan side to continue its support for China in its fight against the terrorist force of the East Turkestan Islamic Movement. An Afghan expert on international issues says China has been playing an important role in the Shanghai Cooperation Organization.、Uh, Nizamuddin Hamidi says China has contributed a lot to promoting cooperation and common development among SCO members. That it's、uh, an investment of、uh, billions and billions of dollars in in making infrastructure, in、uh, developing economic zones, and developing、uh, railway networks. Which will which will bring connectivity, which will bring、uh, more interaction, more cooperation, and many people in many region, many countries can benefit from this. Now, the expert also expects China to continue to uphold multilateralism while making more contributions to world peace and development. Because、uh, China is now nobody can hide this that China is a power on the, on the global stage. And this is all what the ASEAN countries would expect, and the regional countries would expect bilaterally on the other platform, and every foreign policy platform. China is doing a great job, and there is more expectation from China to do better in the future. Chinese President Xi Jinping will attend the 19th ASEAN summit in Kyrgyzstan, opening later on today. 
A Chinese-funded hospital in the Kyrgyz city of Osh is benefiting local people with its medical services. The Osh Clinic Hospital was handed over to Kyrgyzstan in April. The facility has the capacity to treat 150 inpatients and an emergency care unit. Such projects are especially valuable for Kyrgyz people living outside of the capital. Before it was built, many people had to travel to Bishkek for medical treatment. Azizbek Junasov is deputy director of that hospital. More than half of the population of Kyrgyzstan live in the southern region, and people do not always have the opportunity to go to Bishkek to get proper services. One can even say that the hospital can completely cover the Fagana Valley, as we can provide medical care for the whole population of the Fagana Valley. The hospital will soon receive 14 types of new high-tech devices in a new x-ray unit, which will enable it to treat patients with vascular diseases. Hospital Director Shaitbek Abdurrahmanov says they are planning more cooperation with China. At the end of the year, we plan to train our specialists in China. 30 people will receive training there. China's Kyrgyzstan's uh, top trading partner and a major source of investment. Kyrgyzstan is one of the earliest supporters of China's Belt and Road Initiative. For breaking news and stories that matter to you, find us on Twitter by searching for China Plus News, where we'll share with you our up-to-the-minute news, in-depth analysis, and live streaming videos. Visit China Plus News for your window on China and the world. Ten minutes past the hour now. A new science and technology innovation board has been inaugurated at the Shanghai Stock Exchange, kicking off a much-anticipated reform of China's capital markets. And Siraz Xiaoyi reports. China's Securities Regulatory Commission says the new market will support tech companies that are undertaking work in line with national strategies and that have made breakthroughs in core technologies. The chairman of the securities regulator, Yi Huiman, has pledged to push forward key institutional innovations and implement the registration-based initial public offering system on the new board. He says the market-based pricing for the new board could result in more IPOs at higher value. He has warned of a short-term speculation and high-price swings in the early days of the life of the board when a limited number of companies are being traded on the new board. He urged investors to invest rationally and to keep a close eye on information disclosures as tech companies face uncertainties. In terms of the issues and risks the board may bring, we've done our best to evaluate and improve the system and have made contingency plans already. We will continue to launch more pilot projects, learn from the experience, and improve our system. Wu Chaozi is an analyst with the research department of China Securities. She says the new board is designed to focus on companies in the high-tech and strategic emerging sectors. The Science and Technology Tech Innovation Board details the nature of the industries for the first time. We can see that it focuses on science and technology innovation enterprises, and that it specifies six industries, like new generation information technology, biomedicine, energy conservation, environmental protection, and new materials. Actually, it has a clear definition of specific industries, It is different from the growth enterprise market and the small and medium enterprise board, which scales companies by size and market value and does not specify the industries.
Authorities plan to promote experience from the SciTech Innovation Board in the Shanghai Stock Exchange to push forward sweeping reforms in the capital market. Deputy Dean of the School of Finance at Renmin University, Zhao Shijun, explains. The launch of the Science and Technology Innovation Board is an important reform of the securities market. The board fundamentally adjusts regulations for the registration, listing, and the trading of. Initial public offerings. If it succeeds, we will promote it to the main board market, so that the development of the science and technology innovation board actually leads the development of the main board, the small and the medium enterprises board, and the growth enterprises market. I think it will play a leading role. Rather than a simple supplementary role, as of yesterday, six companies have received approval from the Shanghai Stock Exchange to go public on the new market. They are awaiting the final green light from the Securities Regulatory Commission. Analysts expect trading on the new market to start in late June or early July. The president of the Shanghai Stock Exchange has predicted that the first batch of listed firms may start trading on the new board within two months. For CRI, I'm Xiaoyi. The Ministry of Commerce says the five-month decline of China's imports from the United States shows there's no winner in a trade war. China's imports from the U.S. dropped by nearly 30 percent year on year from January through May. Commerce Ministry spokesperson Gao Feng. We have seen continuous declines in the first five months this year, caused by the unilateral escalation of trade frictions by the U.S. American products are losing their competitive advantage. There is uncertainty among enterprises. Regular business operations have been disturbed. The situation once again underlines the fact that there is no winner in a trade war. It will possibly bring a recessionary impact on the U.S. economy as well as the global economy. He adds that China remains one of the most attractive investment destinations worldwide. During the first five months this year, China's foreign investment in actual use, calculated in U.S. dollars, has seen a 3.7 percent growth year on year. The foreign investment in actual use of the manufacturing industry has witnessed an 8.3 percent growth year on year. This has fully demonstrated the faith of foreign investors in China's economy and markets. The spokesperson also says rules of the list of unreliable entities will be released soon. Foreign entities will be added to the list if they do not comply with market rules, violate the spirit of contracts, block or cut supplies to Chinese firms for non-commercial purposes, and seriously damage the legitimate rights and interests of Chinese enterprises. But Gao Feng says. Foreign enterprises do not have to worry as long as they are law-abiding. The Ministry of Commerce says China has not imposed any new export controls on rare earth. Spokesperson Gao Feng made the remarks after data showed that China's rare earth exports fell 16 percent in May compared with April. Fluctuations in rare earth exports is caused by market changes. As for rare earth trade. China has not adopted any new management measures. China accounts for more than 90 percent of rare earth supply in the world. And for more on trade friction, CRI's Xu Yuan spoke to Bai Chongun, dean of the School of Economics and Management at Tsinghua University.
During your speech, you said the trade dispute between China and the U.S. is essentially the contradiction between multilateralism and unipolar unilateralism.、Right. So, could you elaborate more on that?、Um, there are a lot of issues uh, between uh, China and U.S. in terms of、uh, trade. I think、uh, China is、uh, ready to talk about these issues and to reach an agreement. But、uh, one important thing is that、uh, when there are disputes, either during the talk or after talk, after the agreement is reached, and when there are disputes, these disputes should not be determined unilaterally by one of the trading parties. And、uh, so I think that's、uh, a very important point. I think China has always been embracing the multilateral、uh, framework for settling trade disputes, also for、uh, reaching trade agreements uh, with uh, our trading partners. But、uh, I don't think we can surrender the right to be a party in settling、uh, disputes. So any dispute settlement has to be fair,、uh, preferably、uh, settled under the multilateral framework.、Mm-hmm. And also, you mentioned in your speech the U.S. government is benefiting from the trade deficit with China and with the world. That's an interesting point. Well,、uh, let me be more accurate.、Uh, I think、uh, U.S. trade deficit, overall trade deficit, is a result. Of the structure of the U.S. economy and、uh, the dominant position of the U.S. dollar in、uh, international finance, and the first characteristic that is、uh, the structure of the U.S. economy: the U.S. consumes a lot, and the U.S. doesn't save a lot. So that creates a shortfall. Basically, that means what you produce has already been consumed and、uh, invested domestically, so you don't have a lot of、uh, extra for export. And since you consume too much and save too little,、uh, you have to borrow from other countries to keep your investment at a sustainable level. So when you borrow other people's money, you you have to use the money to buy things. For you to make investment,、um, that's import. So when you save less than you invest, you automatically run a trade deficit. That's a mathematical identity. No one can change that. And so, in the sense, if you don't given provided that you cannot change the structure of the economy, you can't change your savings rate. You can't change your consumption rate. Then ability to borrow from the world benefits you. Otherwise, you're constrained. And U.S. ability to borrow is very much enhanced by the U.S. dollar's dominant position in the world. Otherwise, for an ordinary country, if you borrow too much, people start to worry: Can you pay back in the future? But for the U.S. dollar. For the U.S. government, things issues sort of the world currency, so can easily borrow from the international financial market. So in that sense, the U.S. benefits from the dominant position of the U.S. dollar to finance its trade deficit. 
That's Bai Chong Un, Dean of the School of Economics and Management, Tsinghua University, speaking with Siraz Xu Yawen. Mainland authorities are calling on the European Union to view legal amendments in Hong Kong objectively. The EU said in a statement that the proposed amendments could have potentially far-reaching consequences for Hong Kong and its people. Chinese Minister, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Gang Shuang. Hong Kong's affairs are purely internal affairs of China, and no country, organization, or individual has the right to interfere with it. China expresses its strong dissatisfaction with and firm opposition to the irresponsible and wrong remarks made by the EU on the Special Administrative Regions Amendments. We urge the EU to take an objective and fair view of the Hong Kong SCR's amendments according to law, be cautious in words and acts, and stop interfering with Hong Kong's affairs and China's internal affairs in any form. The government of Hong Kong proposed in March to amend its Fugitive Offenders Ordinance and Mutual Legal Assistance in Criminal Matters Ordinance. The proposed amendments will allow Hong Kong to surrender fugitive offenders to jurisdictions uh, with which it does not currently have extradition arrangements. A debate designed to discuss the amendments scheduled for Wednesday was postponed due to a riot around the building of the Legislative Council in the Admiralty area. More than 150 researchers, officials, and media professionals from over 30 countries and regions are on a four-day trip in Tibet Autonomous Region. They started that trip from a village in uh, Ningchir City. Most of the locals are engaged in the tourism industry, earning a disposable income averaging 3,000 U.S. dollars a year per capita. That's higher than the national average of $2,100. Arvind Alok is chairman of the Indian Buddhist Monuments Development Council. You need a good house, good dress, and good income also. So when they opened up for the guest houses or the hotels, it's a good start because they can generate income, they can generate employment, and the young generation can be benefited out of it. Now, the visitors also spent some time with the elders at a nursing home in the regional capital, Lhasa. Now, this government-funded facility offers free services to those who've inadequate family support. French writer and sinologist Sonia Bresler. In 2012, uh, I came to Tibet, and then I see the first establishment like that, but far away from Lhasa. So now I'm glad to see that there is establishment in Lhasa. And I know it's very important because uh, all people do not have support from their family, so it's, it's a beautiful establishment. For decades, Tibet's been working to boost external exchanges and cooperation. And some of the most popular fields include tourism, culture, and animal husbandry. The latest innovations in digital health have featured at the Consumer Electronics Show Asia in Shanghai. CRI's Zanella Budalisi reports. Several players in the development of artificial intelligence have showcased their latest innovations at CES Asia, with everything from smart belts that can cushion your fall to mobile phone technology that helps to monitor your well-being. Neurologics, a Canadian AI company, has introduced a new app that helps users to monitor their heart rates and stress level based on the blood flow in their face. By simply taking a selfie on your mobile phone, you can get a well-being report in just 30 seconds. The new app called Anura can be downloaded to your phone for free. Kang Li is the chief science officer at Neurologics. 
He says the app uses transdermal optical imaging, a technology that has been developed by the company. We invented a uh, cutting-edge technology called uh, transdermal optical imaging. It uses a conventional video camera to extract uh, blood flow on your face without any contact. And through the blood flow, we can pick up a lot of information using machine learning, such as your heart rate, your breathing, your blood pressure, as well as your stress and the emotion. Uh, and in addition to that, we also can uh, develop models for de- depression, anxiety disorder, and your future cardiovascular disease risks. Lights and its respective wavelengths are reflected at different layers below the skin and can reveal the flow of blood in the human face, according to Neurologics. Kang Li says the company is working to make the technology more accurate so that it can be used in healthcare settings. For example, our heart rate accuracy is 99.98 and our breathing is the best in the world, more than 90% accurate. And our blood pressure now is it's about 95% for most of the people. However, we have not reached FDA's uh, uh, level. Once we reach F- the level of FDA, then we can actually take our app inside the hospital. So then to help doctors to make assessment or diagnosis. Other technology on display at CES Asia is focused on preventing personal injury. Some people are prone to falling, especially the elderly, and they suffer serious injuries as a result. A Chinese company has designed a safety belt to protect the elderly if they fall. The belt works almost like an airbag in a car. It inflates just as the fall is about to happen. Song Zhang Xuan is the deputy manager at Suzhou Idaibao Intelligent Technology, the company which created the belt. There are two main problems that we focus on. One is how to judge an older man's posture in real time to tell when he is about to fall over. The airbag has to pop up before he falls so he can be protected by the airbag. The second is how to deflate the airbag within 0.18 seconds. According to our statistics, an elderly man falls to the ground in 0.3 seconds, so technically the inflation has to complete in 0.18 seconds. The company used to produce airbags for vehicles but started working on the intelligent belt a few years ago when it saw a demand emerging from China's aging population. The company expects to start selling the belts for almost 4,000 yuan, which is a little under 600 US dollars, with sales starting in the near future. CES Asia in Shanghai wrapped up on Thursday. For CRI, I'm Zanele Butelezi. Suspected attacks left two oil tankers in flames in the Gulf of Oman on Thursday at the eastern end of the Strait of Hormuz. The ships were struck in the same strategic sea lane where four oil vessels were sabotaged last month in attacks Washington blamed on Tehran. Uh, the two vessels have been identified as the Norwegian-owned Front Altair and the Japanese-owned Kokuka Courageous. Reports suggest they caught fire when transiting through the Strait of Hormuz toward the Indian Ocean.
It's 28 minutes past the hour now. Beijing today, sunny skies and 35 degrees Celsius. Overnight temperatures around 20. Guangzhou be cloudy and 32, a low of 24. Shaman's getting clouds and 29 degrees, a low of 22. Hefei's sunny and 29, a low of 20. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad will be sunny and 40 degrees. Kabul is getting clouds and 26. In North America, Washington, D.C. will be sunny and 24 degrees Celsius. It's time for a short break on the Beijing Hour. Still to come in business. China's five major state-owned banks have completed most of their annual loan plans for small and micro-businesses. In sports, a key victory for China at the Women's World Cup. Entertainment, Chinese animations at an international film festival. Shane Bigham with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. Want to know what's trending in China? China Plus News Facebook page helps you to discover the real China. From the latest news to quirky Chinese inventions, videos, photos, live streaming, and more. Join in the conversation today by searching for China Plus News on Facebook and discover its news, its people, its traditions, and culture. China Plus News Facebook page. Open your eyes to the real China. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Begum with you on this Friday morning. Still to come in business, Chinese officials say new measures designed to further open the country's capital markets will be unveiled soon. In sports, a stunning loss for China in the Women's Volleyball Nations League final. Entertainment movie star Jackie Chan's released an album called I Am Me. Get in touch with us by email, beijinghour at cri.com. .cn on Twitter and Facebook. Search for China Plus News. Download the China Plus app or visit chinaplus.cri.cn for the latest news and information from China Radio International. Now checking the day's headline news. The Chinese president and his Kyrgyz counterpart have agreed to take their country's comprehensive strategic partnership to new heights. A joint statement says the two countries will deepen cooperation through the Belt and Road Initiative and step up the fight against terrorism, extremism and separatism, as well as transnational organized crime and drug trafficking. Xi Jinping says China is willing to import more quality agricultural products from Kyrgyzstan. And following their talks in Bishkek on Thursday, President Surin Bekov awarded Xi Jinping his country's highest national honor. Xi Jinping arrived in Kyrgyzstan on Wednesday for a state visit and the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit. He'll also head to Tajikistan later this week for a state visit and a summit of the Conference on Interaction and Confidence-Building Measures in Asia. The Chinese presidents met with leaders from Kazakhstan, India, and Afghanistan ahead of the summit of the SCO. Meeting Kazakh President Kasim Jomar Takayev, Xi Jinping called for deepening alignment of the Silk Road economic belt and the Kazakh Bright Road economic policy while creating more growth areas for cooperation. During talks with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, the Chinese leaders said that Beijing's ready to join New Delhi in pushing forward a closer development partnership, stressing that the two sides offer to each other chances for development and not pose a threat to each other. At the meeting with his Afghan counterpart, Xi Jinping reiterated China's support for an Afghan-led and Afghan-owned peace and uh, reconciliation process. He also called on the Afghan side to continue its support for China in its fight against the terrorist force known as the East Turkestan Islamic Movement. 
Boris Johnson's topped the first round of voting in Britain's Conservative Party leadership race. The 54-year-old got 114 votes in the secret ballot among more than 300 Conservative lawmakers. Three other candidates failed to meet the threshold of 17 votes needed to stay in the race. Seven contenders remain in the contest to succeed Theresa May as party leader and prime minister. Further elimination votes will be held next week, with the final two contenders put to a vote of 160,000 Conservative Party members across the country, and the result is expected in late July. NASA has announced that its asteroid probe has set a new record for the closest ever orbit of a planetary body made by a a man-made spacecraft. The maneuver started on Wednesday, placing the OSIRIS-REx into an orbit 680 meters above the asteroid Bennu's surface for roughly seven weeks. Launched in September 2016, the spacecraft rendezvoused with Bennu in December. It'll collect at least 60 grams of loose material next year and return a sample to Earth earth by 2023 it's 34 past the hour turning to business news and we'll start with the closing numbers in north america and europe u.s stocks rose on thursday after a couple of days of declines energy shares rebounded on concerns of oil supply disruption following attacks on two tankers in the gulf of oman u.s secretary of state mike pompeo said The United States has assessed that Iran is responsible for the attacks, which occurred near Iran and the Strait of Hormuz, through which a fifth of global oil consumption passes. Walt Disney shares gained 4.4%, giving the S&P 500 its biggest boost. The surge came after Morgan Stanley raised its forecast for Disney Plus subscriber growth. Twitter shares fell 3.1% after brokerage Moffat Nathanson said it expects the social media company's cost to rise and revenue growth to slow. At the closing bell, the Dow and the S&P 500 were up by four-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq rose six-tenths of a percent. Gains for metal and mining companies helped European stocks and slightly higher on Thursday. The surge in oil prices that had dominated morning trading after the tanker attacks faded by the close. The Basic Resources Index of Commodities-Linked Companies took the lead as the day wore on, climbing 1.7% as prices of copper and other metals rose. The biggest decliner on the stock 600 was Arubis AG, down 8% after Europe's biggest uh, copper producer warned on profits and said its CEO would leave the company. At the closing bell, the UK's FTSE 100 and France's CAC 40 were slightly higher than flat, and Germany's DAX gained four-tenths of a percent. China's five major state-owned banks have completed most of their yearly loan plans to small and micro-enterprises, stepping up efforts in serving the real economy. The China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission chairman made the remarks at the ongoing Lu Jiazui Forum. Uh, Gao Xicheng says as of last month, the banks have increased their loans to small and micro-businesses by 24% compared to the end of last year. The average loan interest rate stood at 4.8%, 0.7% is points lower than the previous year. The financing difficulties of small and micro-businesses have been relieved, and the support from the financial institutions for the real economy has been increased. 
We believe that through the supply-side reform, we can expand domestic effective demand, withstand negative impacts from the outside, and China's economy and finance will continuously progress healthily and steadily. Guo says credit and loan accounts uh, loans account for more than 80% of financing currently. It causes large banks to overuse credit resources and make small and micro businesses short of incubation capital. Guo says joint efforts should be made to change the imbalance between the direct financing and the indirect financing. The 11th Liu Jiezui Forum will wrap up later today in Shanghai. China's Science and Technology Innovation Boards officially opened after preparation work lasting more than 200 days, but trading is yet to kick off. Uh, the board is the first market in China to adopt the registration-based IPO system. So far, the Shanghai Stock Exchange has handled 122 applications for IPOs on that new board. Six companies have approvals to go public on the new uh, market and are awaiting the green light from the CSRC. Analysts expect trading on that new board to commence next month. And with more on this, we're joined by Doug Young, the company news chief with the English edition of Saishin. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so officials say registration-based IPO reform and the rule of law are the two priorities of this new SciTech board. So uh, what exactly makes this board so different from the existing ones? It's uh, <laughs> a good question. Um, it's, it's yet another board for China. No, uh, the, the, the big difference that at least what people are saying is is that this uh, is going to adopt this registration system. Um, people are saying, you know, high tech, and I think this board is is going to be a lot of sort of more private entrepreneurial companies. Uh, if you look at the history of China, uh, the their original two main boards in Shanghai and and Shenzhen, both very dominated by big SOEs and and you know, not very dynamic companies or so the legacy companies. Then about 10 years ago, they opened another one called the China, which is down in Shenzhen. And that, that seems a bit more like this one. It's sort of private, entrepreneurial, startup-type companies. But uh, again, this one is, is supposedly going to be differentiated by using this registration system, which is a, a much more slimmed-down system. It's a market-based system that basically says, you know, let the buyers beware and... and takes a, a much more hands-off approach in terms of vetting by the regulators and waiting times and lots of requirements. Uh, it says, hey, these guys register, they provide the information, uh, stock buyers can look at that information, and, you know, it's their call whether or not to buy these stocks. Well, uh, so far, I mean, this system, as you alluded to, is supposed to be a little more streamlined, a little quicker. But uh, so far, only six of the 122 companies that have applied under the registration system have been approved. So how does this new system compare with the old one for getting listed uh, and uh, requiring uh, or the old system, of course, requiring official approval from regulators? Well, well, I mean, regulators still, you know, I mean, these guys are, are basically, it's, it's the same way everywhere. They're going to the public and saying, give us money. So they're not just going to say, oh, okay, here, you filed a, a form, we'll let you do that. Uh, but you're right, you know, all these companies have applied, and, and yet there's already this huge backlog, which does, like you say, sort of tend to sound like they're being super cautious and probably not, not quite as, you know, hassle-free as, as they're hoping this system will eventually be. I mean, the, the bottom line is that this, this uh, initiative was put forth by Xi Jinping, God, like at the end of last year, the last November, December, and, and you know, now it's getting ready 
launching a new market is happening very fast. And if you look at the stuff they're saying, it seems they seem to be cautioning against all sorts of problems and issues coming up, which is what happens when you maybe try to rush something to market too quickly. But, you know, we'll see. It's, it's supposed to begin trading in about a couple months. So uh, I'd say stay tuned and, and let's see how it really goes the way they say it will. Well, yeah, well, uh, some of the analysts have been suggesting the board will, uh, I guess you could say, officially kick off the country's much-anticipated capital market reform. So with that in mind, uh, what impacts do you expect it to have on Chinese capital markets over the long run? Well, I mean, everyone sees, you know, they, the people keep saying they want to create the next NASDAQ. And, and, you know, you do see what happened in the U.S. with the NASDAQ. Uh, basically, the U.S. for long time was dominated by the New York Stock Exchange, uh, which was sort of this dodgy, more traditional company. There were a few smaller ones, like the American Stock Exchange in Chicago, but it was really New York. And then, you know, NASDAQ came in, God, I don't know how old they are now, probably like, well, I shouldn't say, I think they're like, like 40 years old or something. And, and you know, they really uh, wrestled a lot of the market away from the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, so, you know, it's possible this could be equally revolutionary uh, it turns out to be a real you know much more attractive system for people to file IPOs it might end up getting a lot more companies and if it gets these high growth companies you know it could end up being a, a big deal but you know, that's all all in theory we'll have to see if it really plays out that way thank you very much for the chat this morning that's Doug Young the company news chief with the English edition of Sashin. Everything in focus, all in one place. China Plus focuses on the Middle Kingdom, bringing you breaking news and the stories that matter to you. Search for China Plus in the App Store or Google Play. 43 past the hour, and it's time for sports. Here's Yang Guang. Thank you, Shane. At the Women's World Cup, Team China obtained a key victory en route to the last 16 with a 1-0 win over South Africa. Striker Li Ying scored the only goal with a brilliant first-half volley. Wang Shanshan went close with a header that hit the bar and came off the line. The result means Group B rival Germany qualified for the last 16 with China and Spain hoping to join them. The two teams will go head-to-hand on Monday. South Africa now faces elimination from their World Cup debut. They will need to defeat two-time champion Germany in their final match by a big margin to qualify for the last 16. In the other match of the day, Australia came back from 2-0 down to stand Brazil 3-2. It marks Brazil's first group stage defeat in 24 years. 33-0, Brazilian striker Marta extended her Women's World Cup goal-scoring record. She hit her 16th goal at the event with a penalty. Brazil, Italy and Australia all registered one win and one loss in Group C, making the qualification situation complicated. Eden Hazard wore Real Madrid's all-white kit for the first time as the Belgian forward was presented at the Benwell Stadium following his club record transfer from Chelsea. The 28-year-old walked around the field, kicking off uh, footballs into the stands with tens of thousands of fans who will be co- uh, hoping he can lead them to their first La Liga title since 2017. I want to win trophies, and this was my dream since I was a child, that I wanted to play for Real Madrid. I want to enjoy this moment. 
Thank you, everyone. Real agreed to smash their previous record that saw them pay 100 million euros for Gareth Bale in September 2013. The Spanish club will pay Chelsea an initial fee of 100 million euros, which could rise to 150 million with bonuses. Hazard has signed a five-year contract and is expected to form a new front line for the club alongside another new signing, Luka Jovic, and the Brazilian youngster Vinicius. Malaysian badminton legend Lee Chung Wei has announced his retirement following a battle with cancer. The three-time Olympic silver medalist, hailed as a sporting hero in Malaysia, says it was a tough decision as he had hoped to retire after the Tokyo Olympics next year. I want to announce my retirement for the、uh, 19 years in BAM.、Uh, I think this、uh, decision is、uh, very very tough. I go to April last my、uh, checkout in、uh, Taiwan. I just back. I just、uh, discuss to my family. I take the one month rest. I just、uh, discuss to my family and、uh, do the this decision. Regret is a hundred percent. I not get the gold medal and also Olympic. I hope so Malaysia athlete can get the one gold for the Malaysia. Lee was diagnosed with cancer last year, but recovered after intensive treatment. However, the 36-year-old says his recent consultation with doctors showed he was not fit for high-intensity training. The former world number one had an illustrious career that included Olympic medals and the 69 world titles. He returned to the court in January, but his training has been inconsistent. Li's epic competition with the Chinese shuttler Ling Dan has become legend of the sport, with 40 matches throughout the career, including three at the Olympics. Li says they are like Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer in tennis, and wishes 35-year-old Ling all the best in his quest for gold at the Tokyo Olympic Games. At the Women's Volleyball Nations League, Team China suffered their first loss in ten games as they were stunned by the USA in straight sets in the final game of the German series. Kelsey Robinson and Michelle Bosch-Hackley scored 20 points each for the USA. Zhu Ting scored a team-high 13 points for China. Despite the loss, China was still crowned champion in Jiangmen with a 2-1 win-loss record. In the other game, Turkey came back from two sets down to beat Poland 3-2. In golf, Rory McIlroy is two shots off the early clubhouse lead at the U.S. Open after the first round at Pebble Beach. The 2011 winner recovered from a bogey on his opening hole to finish with a three under 68. American Xander Schauffele had an eagle to join compatriot Ricky Fowler in the lead on five under. Brooks Koepka, who's chasing a third successive U.S. U.S. Open final title, is among the latest、uh, later starters with Tiger Woods. In MotoGP, the race goes to Catalonia this weekend. World champion Mark Marquez is in a 12-point lead, having finished second at the Italian Grand Prix earlier this month. He says the competition is more intense this season, and he needs to stay alert. I mean, Dovizioso is only 12 points behind me. Danilo is 33, so everything is very, very tight. Even、uh, even Rins. So just we we need to keep going. Just try to to push and and yeah, work on the same way like、uh, this first part of the season because.、Uh, I feel really good, really confident, and、uh, this is the the most important. Ducati rider Danilo Petrucci claimed the victory in last year's Catalonia Grand Prix. He is looking to maintain a similar level of performance and challenge Marquez with teammate Andrea Dovizioso. Free practice begins today with qualifying tomorrow and the race to follow on Sunday. 
In the NBA, the Toronto Raptors will take their second shot at the championship this morning, Beijing time, in Game Six of the NBA Finals at the Golden State Warriors. Even though the Warriors won Game Five, history remains on the Raptors' side. Of the 34 teams that have led a Finals 3-1, 33 have gone on to win the championship. Raptors coach Nick Nurse says the team is determined to win in Oakland today. Well, for some reason, I think both teams are really good road teams and and have been all season. That's that's one thing.、Uh, two two really tough minded teams playing, and you got to be a little more tough minded, you know, on the road. I think a lot of those games probably could have won either way, but the momentum changed and whoever ended up winning them. The Warriors are looking to force a Game Seven with a home win. They lost the previous two home games in the final series. Today's match will be their last at Oracle Arena. Golden State will move to Chase Center in San Francisco next season. Tip-off time is nine o'clock Beijing time. In the NHL, the 2018-19 season has come to an end, and the Stanley Cup has been lifted by brand new champions. Shane, who won? Well,、uh, this is one of the more unlikely winners in recent years, though it's not because the St. Louis Blues don't deserve to be champions. Yesterday, they beat the Boston Bruins 4-1 in the seventh and deciding game of this year's final. At the start of the new year, though, when the hockey schedule was already around you know 30 games deep, the Blues were ranked 31st in the NHL. That's dead last. Despite having a good team on paper, the goalie couldn't stop pucks, the defenseman couldn't defend, and the forwards couldn't score. They had already changed coaches, firing Mike Yao in favor of Craig Berube.、Uh, the new coach put in a rookie goalie, Jordan Binnington, and、uh, after that, the entire team turned things around in a big way.、Uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Congratulations to the St. Louis Blues. Major League Baseball. There are a couple of final scores from earlier this morning. The Braves beat the Pirates six-five. The Twins got past the Mariners ten-five. There are several games underway now, including. The Blue Jays at the Orioles and the Diamondbacks at the Nationals. Over the next hour, play will begin in Kansas City as the Royals host the Tigers. In Chicago, as the White Sox host the Yankees, and in Colorado, as the Rockies host the Padres. The late game, starting after 10 a.m., features the Chicago Cubs on the road in California to take on the L.A. Dodgers. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, 60 minutes of comprehensive news. Your window on China and the world. It's 51 past the hour. Turning to entertainment news now, and China's been making great strides in animation in recent years. More than a dozen Chinese productions received a very warm response at a special festival in France this week. The Annecy International Animation Film Festival is one of the biggest in the industry every year. Thirteen Chinese animations were introduced by China Media Group, including the、uh, new Happy Dad and Son series, Birds Playing,、uh, uh, Paying Homage to the Phoenix, and Legend of the Silk Road, Zheng Qian the Envoy. Many of them are based on Chinese folk tales and historical figures, which helps viewers to learn more about China's history and culture.、Uh, Stephanie Martinet is the director of an international film committee. These Chinese animations have a high quality and are fit for broadcasting on French TV channels. I think they will perform well in the French market and will be loved by the local viewers. A spectator from Switzerland. The favorite one was the one with the bird homage to the phoenix because I loved the art style of it. It was like ink painting, and it, for me, it's an interesting passion of doing animation. Also,、um, the, the Silk Road, the Legend of the Silk Road, that was really interesting for me because 
I just love to see something else than European stuff or American stuff because we are so exposed to it all the time. And finally to see something new that was really interesting to me. The Annecy International Animation Film Festival began on Monday with thousands of industry professionals from all around the world in attendance. Hong Kong superstar Jackie Chan was in Taipei City to launch his new album, I Am Me. The record's a collection of songs that are tributes to his family, friends, and members of the Jackie Chan stunt team. At the launch, Chan, who's better known for his acting, of course, said he gets emotional in performing some of the songs on the album. I started to cry because each time I sing this song, I think of people I met in the past, those I loved, those who passed away, and those I may not see again in my life. I believe everyone will meet this situation. Now, one of the songs on the album, Thank You, My Love, is dedicated to his wife, Joan Lin. The album was written by various musicians from Hong Kong and Taiwan. Annie Potts, who's been with the Toy Story franchise since the beginning, says it's magical and miraculous that Pixar creates films that can be enjoyed by all. Potts voices Bo Peep and will have some competition in the latest installment with a new girl toy in Toyland, a vintage doll named Gabby Gabby. Bo? Fargy, come on! Bo? Bo? Hi there! My name is Gabby Gabby. She's uh, not as sweet as she appears to be, though. The doll has been left to collect dust in an antique shop and believes that her broken pull string is what's keeping her from being purchased and taken to a home. When she meets Woody, who has a working pull string, she'll do anything to get it. Christina Hendricks, who voices Gabby Gabby, says the doll is just misunderstood. Although the doll is the antagonist of the film, Hendricks says there's a learning lesson. Obviously, she's sort of the foil in in the situation, but you realize very quickly that all her intentions are about love. And I think, you know, definitely as children watch it, it's sort of like maybe you didn't like someone right away or you thought something about them, but really look a little bit deeper. There's there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing. And then there's and it's it's usually, you know, for a really quite lovely reason. So I think she's kind of a sweet character. A Toy Story 4 hits Chinese theaters next Friday. A ring and a dagger, once owned by the builder of the Taj Mahal, were on display Thursday ahead of an auction of jewels and weapons from Indian royalty at Christie's Auction House in New York. William Robinson's the international head of world art at Christie's. We're going to see the most astonishing collection of Indian decorative art, jewelry, paintings, weapons that has ever come up for auction in one sale. You've got pieces that are associated with some of the greatest figures in Mughal in Indian history. Well, additionally, the collection has over 380 jewels and objects representing the elegance and wealth of 19th and early 20th century India. That auction takes place in New York on June 19th. Elton John's latest video is being unveiled. The brand new song, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, was written especially for Rocketman by John and writing partner Bernie Taupin. It's performed by Rocketman star Taryn Egerton and John. Uh, the video shows snippets of John's career intercut with segments of Egerton's performance in the singer's big screen biopic. Uh, Rocketman, uh, the motion picture, uh, the, or the music from the motion picture is now available on Interscope Records. And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news this morning, China and Kyrgyzstan have agreed to enhance bilateral relations following the latest meeting between their leaders in Bishkek. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.